Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. After one year, you'd think we'd have a bigger studio, especially if we're going to have all these damn people in here. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always, always, always entertaining weekly broadcast dedicated to all the pipe smokers all around the world. And this is it, the first anniversary show. Yes, that's right, one show every week. And we're into our second year of pipe smoking and broadcasting. So, for tonight's anniversary show, are you ready for this? I've got a special in-the-studio in guest. So in Pipe Parts, we're going to talk about a little bit about how we got started pipe smoking and maybe some of our personal pipe smoking blunders. My, in, uh, my in-house guest, we'll be talking to him during the uh, interview. Uh, mailbag, going to go through all the comments or going to try to get through all the comments that everybody sent in. We appreciate all those music specifically to celebrate the anniversary and i've got a rave at the end of the show so let's go ahead and explain why it is so crowded in here because for the first time ever for the first time ever unfortunately kevin gets to see what i look like doing the radio show so please welcome producer of the radio show and the guy sitting right next to me kevin godby hey brian kevin (laughs) kevin i'm used to hearing you in my head but now you're just sitting there looking at me yeah, you know, and uh, this is Kevin Godby, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And Kevin's actually on the show. He yes. gets now you get to hear him make mistakes. I'm Kevin Godby, and you're not. And uh, and I I just figured out that uh, after knowing you all these years that you're left-handed. I'm, so I'm glad I'm sitting on your right side. I was born that way. Not much I can do about it. And, and you have a lot of fans for the show, and probably probably some of those guys would. Uh, be more excited about sitting this close to you than I am. <laughs> well, let's not go there. But also in the studio here, thank God, is my wife and my daughters sitting over there quietly. We've got a couple of friends that wanted to come in and be a crowd and excitement for us for our first year of doing radio shows. I mean, can you imagine this is the 53rd show? So that means I've said welcome 159 times. Well, and three times in German, so... Right. I didn't know there was going to be math. No math involved whatsoever. That's just natural. All right. We're going to take a break right here. We're going to get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. This is going to be a great one. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. Here we go. Thank you for calling SmokingPipes.com. This is Barry. How can I help you? Meet Barry. He's our homegrown, all-American family guy in customer service here at SmokingPipes.com. With 25 years of experience in sales, his dedication to customer service makes Barry pretty handy around here. He's on the phone all day helping customers like you from all over the globe pick out great pipes and pipe tobacco. Ciao, Barry. Tell me about your selection of a Savinelli autograph. Don't you know I saw that list of tobacco you carry online there. Maybe you could help me pick out a good Virginia, eh? You see, we hire not only the best people, we hire people who are as passionate about our products as you are. Just ask Barry why he loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Because I don't just help people choose from our great selection of pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345 or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality, we 
We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is Fred Hanna, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. We are back, and for the first time ever, it really is a we <laughs> that are back. Normally, it's just me sitting here and Kevin's barking in my ear. But uh, anyway, Kevin, since you're here with me and since we're uh, you know done the show for a year, I thought maybe a little confession would be good for the soul, and we'd talk about some of the... Uh, some of the dumbest things we've done as pipe smokers, and I want to start off with me first because I got a pipe as a gift given to me by a pipe maker who shall remain nameless, and uh, it was a cold winter day, and I got the pipe, and I went and took the pipe and filled it up and was going to take a hot bath afterwards, got back into the hotel room, and I'm sitting in the bathtub, got bath bubbles going, and I think there's blood or something or something because the bath bubbles are <laughs> turning orange or red. And what I finally realized was that the stain hadn't been set properly on the pipe and the steam and the heat from the bathtub. The stain was coming off on my hands and dripping into the bubbles. So, uh, note to self, don't smoke a new pipe in the bathtub for the first time ever. Was it Mr. Bubble? Uh, no, 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 no. It wasn't Mr. Bubble. <laughs> it was cheap holiday in bubbles. Well, I actually, I actually have one that was recent within the, oh, maybe a couple, two, three weeks ago. Was actually talking to you on the phone at the time. And I did. Don't blame me. <laughs> and I was outside. It was a little windy, and I was trying to keep the pipe going. And I had a, a medico that uh, a forum member Romeo Wood, also E. Roberts, our tobacco reviewer on the site, uh, gifted me at the Chicago show a 1920s medico unsmoked, and I was smoking it for the first time with 15-year-old three nuns, and actually didn't realize it. I, I started to get a funny taste, and then I took the pipe out and. Looked at it, and I actually burned through a 1920s Medico on its maiden voyage. So, by the way, in case, if if anybody's wondering if I sound a little goofy right now, it's because I'm smoking some of that 15-year-old three nuns. But what you're saying is 15-year-old three nuns and burnt wood don't go well together? That's, yeah. Burnt wood doesn't go well with anything except maybe uh, Middleton's Cherry Blend. Yeah. <laughs> I, we'll talk about that later. The uh, The other thing that I've did that was kind of stupid, and I was trying to act real cool, was I was in a I was in a smoke shop on a sales trip back when I worked for Stokeby, and I had a had a Stokeby pipe in my mouth, and had forgotten that I had the pipe in my mouth, and I went to look at a display case <laughs> that was a full it was a full six foot tall display case glass cabinet, and I went to look at a pipe that was in the display case, and this pipe was the pipe that I was smoking was about five and a half inches long, and apparently about three or Three and a half, four inches of it went straight into the back of my throat because I forgot it was there, but the glass pushed the stem anyway. So um, don't be careful when you got your pipe in your mouth that you that you don't hit glass with it. I, I knew where that was going. I've done the same thing. And you, you were saying you were trying to be cool, talking about trying to be cool. You know, sometimes we want to hang out with the cool kids in school. <clears throat> and a few years back at one of the shows, the uh, Sheraton uh, Collectors Group. Uh, they actually invited me in uh, as a like a media member. I had media credentials, so I was going to report on their meeting. So the next year, uh, at the next show, the next year, their next meeting comes up, and I find out that there was a little controversy about me being there last year because you're not supposed – nobody's allowed in that's not an actual member of the club. Uh, well, so then I asked, well, what do I have to do to be a member of the club? You're a troublemaker no matter where you go. <laughs> So I was told that the qualifications to be a member of the club is that you need to own five Sheraton pipes. So 
what I didn't realize at the time was that these are serious collectors, and to them, a Sheraton pipe is made by the original Sheraton company many years ago in uh, England or London. So I'm at a shop that has a bunch of Sheraton pipes. So I bought five of them right there. <laughs> I didn't realize that these were like the f- pipes made in France that these guys are going to laugh at. The, the current production? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I I have a, a – part of the reason why I ended up with my – why I ended up starting to collect the Disney pipes was because when I was out on the pipe show circuit, I wanted to be the fancy guy as well. And I scrimped and saved and scrimped and saved and bought a Conowitz bamboo sandblasted billiard. I mean, I literally I, – I think I sold my soul and two kidneys and, <laughs> and a liver that I didn't have anymore. But anyway, I – I scrimped and saved and saved up for that pipe, and I think I spent like $800 on it back in 2001 or two. and I thought, oh, I've got this pipe now. So I had that and like four other pipes, and then I realized, you know what? <laughs> I could sell this pipe and get like nine pipes that smoked probably as good as that one and actually have a decent rotation of pipes. So now if I only had that pipe, it would still be worth a, it'd be worth a whole lot more than that. Probably but. add another zero. Yeah. So if any of you have any of your favorite uh, stories that you want to confess about, uh, feel free to post them on the forums on the link to the show. We'd love to hear them. If you've got any uh, anything embarrassing at all, feel free to share it because uh, confession's good for the soul. Just don't post about dropping your pipe in the toilet and wondering if you should smoke it again. We had enough of that on the forums. And I did confess about the Sassini that I dropped and I cleaned it after I let you smoke it. <laughs> I mean, before I let you smoke it. So we'll get to that later. Yuck. So, all right, everybody, hang on. We'll be back in just a minute. Does anything beat relaxing on the patio or playing 18 holes with a fine cigar during the summertime? Kathy of Cup of Joe's has the place for you. Queensberry Cigar and Pipe. Enjoy their cigar lounge with three large screen TVs or a patio to soak in the rays. You have to check out their beautiful cedar-lined walk-in humidor and their huge selection of pipes to choose from. They even have fast delivery for those of you that are out of the area. Queensberry Cigar and Pipe, Route 9 Queensberry. On Facebook under Cup of Joe's Cigars and Pipes and the web at cupofjoes.com. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. This is Internet Radio. We are back, both of us here in the studio, and uh, isn't it true I have the perfect face for radio? You do, and... Not only is it smoky in here, but it is, it is a little crowded in here, actually. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little tight in here. It kind of reminds me of... Oh. 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 Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. All right, I'm just kidding. It's not that not that close in here, not that close in here. But it is nice to have somebody else here to talk to and to look at and to play off of. So, but let's go back. Let's go back all the way back to the beginning. Tell everybody how we first met, because this was a painful historic day. Yes, it was, and uh, this is going to be the very short version of the story. Thank God. Uh, thank God. Um, <clears throat> I was actually contacted. This was back in uh, well, Brian and I first met in May 2010 at the Chicago Pipe Show. And the impetus for the meeting was because I had contracted with uh, the estate of Aaron Spelling, 
who you may know who that is. He, the Love Boat. Oh, I got to sing yeah. on the show. <laughs> Love Boat, Starsky and Hush, Charlie's Angels, Beverly Hills 90210, and a whole bunch of other stuff he was the creator, producer of. And he had passed years ago. And they had about 600, 650 pipes in his estate. And I was brokering the sale of these pipes. 140 of them were identical S.T. DuPont pipes. Yes, Brian had the pleasure of going through every one of those. So anyway, we were locked in my hotel room. Uh, we, were, we were out there a couple days early prior to the actual start of the show. And long story short, Brian and I spent, along with Sykes Wilford, uh, the owner of SmokingPipes.com, which was Brian's employer at the time, uh, we spent about 12 hours locked in my hotel room going through 650 pipes. What was supposed to be a two-hour cruise turned into... <laughs> 12 hours of going through pipes. Lots and lots of pipes. But yeah, that was the first day we met. And I thought maybe it'd be interesting for everybody to talk, for you to finally tell people about the beginning of the radio show and what you were thinking. Yeah, so Brian and I met way back then in May 2010. Now fast forward to uh, June 2012, I got the idea that I might want to add a radio talk show to the online magazine. So... I didn't want to put an announcement out or ask, you know, put something in the forum saying, hey, what do you guys think of this idea? Because I, my mode of operation, I, I like to come out with a, hey, here's the big announcement, here's the big surprise. Drum roll. So I didn't want to tip my hand, but I wanted to get some kind of a pulse for the idea, so I decided to call uh, two or three different current advertisers. For example, I called uh, Paul Creasy. Uh, before I could even finish telling him my idea, he said, I'm in. And it kind of got a sim- similar reaction from other people, so I figured, okay, this is a good idea. And I'm talking to, at the time, Sandy Porter, who's the uh, ad agency at the time for uh, Stokeby, and trying to figure out who would be the host of the show because I didn't want to be the host. I wanted to be in the background. Sandy said, well, what about Brian Levine? And keep in mind, I've known Sandy since uh, early 2000. So Sandy and I have spent uh, many nights together drinking occasionally. Yeah, so as soon as Sandy mentioned your name, Brian... It was like one of those uh, V8 moments, like, duh. And women <laughs> screamed, and there was cats meowing. and So, yeah, it was. I instantly hung up the phone, dialed Brian's number, told him the idea. And do you remember what you said? I had actually been thinking about doing a, uh, uh, doing a YouTube channel and had started poking around the idea of doing my own YouTube channel of just a way of doing my own video diary or my own video blog cuz I can't write my name and uh you know and I and I didn't want to do a traditional blog with big words or long-winded diatribe of stuff about pipe smoking and I started poking around YouTube to see what was going on and my favorite line is the guy driving his truck down the road going Hello YouTubers! has been a while since I talked to you so I thought I'd do this video. I'm driving to work smoking my pipe. <laughs> Those are my favorite YouTube videos actually. Yeah, and so that was, that was my I was sitting there thinking about that and thinking about that and then you came up to me and said what about doing this radio show and I was well, I don't know, let's think about it. Then the discussion got into the format, and I'll let you start. Yeah, so now this was uh, early June that we spoke on the phone originally of 2012. So now later that month is the Kansas City Pipe Show. We're both going to be there. And uh, so we decided to meet about the show. Uh, Greg Pease was there also, and uh, all three of us are hanging out. And, you know, and I, I, I 
frequently asked Greg for his opinion on things. And it was two against one. Greg and Brian both wanted something like an NPR-style show. And I wanted something that might have a little more entertainment, be a little more upbeat. Everything that guy just says, bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> Not exactly an NPR style, but I think something more along the lines of like a uh, indie, artsy, coffee shop conversation style. And then kind of what we, I guess what we ended up hitting on was kind of a combination of both. And what really triggered it for me was the sometimes educational, sometimes irreverent, but always entertaining part of it. And just the mixture and the balance of stuff is what what really hit. Um, I think what a lot of people don't know is that literally that summer, I spent a good amount of time researching for style and technology and to see what was out there and to understand formatting and talk about you know, listen to what else was being put out there in the online broadcasting area and do you remember the first couple of shows that i actually finished and gave you <laughs> they they were they well at the time we thought they were really good but now when we listen back to them uh, the, the ones that never made it on the air, I, I still have one of those, and it it sounded almost very uh, sappy, soapy. I was uh, I needed to learn some delivery technique ideas, and these were just all rehearsals before we actually got to the final to the first show. And it was like, okay, now we finally hit the format. Now you're a famous internet radio star, or as my daughter calls me, I'm a viral video. <laughs> Uh, and for the first time ever, I actually now own an iThing. For a long time, I never owned an iPod, an iPad, an iPhone, or anything Apple-related, but I now actually inherited a, <laughs> a thrown-away iPod from my daughter. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I can listen to myself on iTunes if I can figure out how to work the thing. So, Did you ever think you'd be doing a radio show about pipes and tobacco? Um, you know what's funny is I... I wanted to, growing up, I went to school for television and film and wanted to do radio, wanted to do TV, and never knew that my education 25 years later would actually come back. Uh, Did I ever think I'd be doing it? No, I thought I'd actually be doing baseball. I wanted to be a play-by-play announcer until I realized that there's really good people out there and I really didn't want to move to the middle of Iowa and announce games in a cornfield. And this is our 53rd week in a row of not missing a show. And that to me was that to me was important for the show itself to get off the ground was to commit to doing both of us had to commit to doing this every week, new content, new guests, new show every week. Otherwise it's just not it's not really worth putting the effort forward because as we quickly learned, I can tell the difference because if you get to about show 10 or 11, you can really hear the difference in the uh, quality of the shows. Yeah, but you don't have to go back and listen to those. No, please don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't go back. Don't go back. Don't ever go back. So now we've, we launched the show. We, the first couple of shows were a little rough because we really didn't have, uh, we didn't have the format or the flow to it. But what I think, you know, what were your expectations of the show going forward what were you thinking it was going to do well uh on the one hand you know i wanted it to be no matter what we did it had to be as professional as possible i didn't want it to just be you know like somebody talking to themselves in their mother's basement i wanted it to be a real radio show but i also felt that you know if we got like a hundred listeners 
to the live show, and then we got like maybe uh, 500 downloads uh, the week in between, that that would be good. And uh, it's actually now like 500 listeners to the live show and about 10 to 15,000 downloads the week in between shows, which totally blows me away. And the other really neat thing is that PipesMagazine.com, the online magazine, already had a significant amount of traffic, but the radio show has increased the traffic to the magazine, and the magazine obviously has uh, helped the traffic to the radio show, and that's that's been a great uh, symbiotic relationship there. It's actually it's actually been it's been fun for me to watch because I was expecting the same you know the same kind of thing. If I got a if I got a thousand people that listen to each show, I would be like, okay, you know, this is cute. I can sit down and do this, you know, knock it out and. Yeah, do a little notes and then sit down at you know seven forty-five p.m. and knock out an hour's worth of stuff, and it'd take me an hour and a half. And now, I, then when I started to see some of the numbers, I was like, um, uh, uh, "Wait a second, there's people listening, and I better be, uh, I better make sure that this is good." Yeah, and you know, and then uh, obviously it's uh, nice to have the advertiser support as well. And then we started getting the ads coming in, and it was nice to have that, especially to break up the monotony of just hearing me or having a... Although I will say that uh, you know some of the fun stuff that we did as space fillers early on was interesting. But Yes. As a matter of fact, somebody did write in uh, this past week or a couple weeks ago that they actually missed the fake ads. So maybe we'll bring back a fake ad here and there. You know, talking about commercials, and I I don't want people to think that I'm the only one that does anything around here, but you've been involved in, in the commercials heavily. Yes, well, you are the talent. And, you know, all of the the live content uh, is like 99% Brian. I would have an idea here and there once in a while. But um, all of the pre-recorded bits uh, I've written and produced, and also even some of the commercials... In the very beginning, our, our very first advertiser was fournoggins.com. And I spoke to Rich, and Rich said, look, I, I, I want to advertise. I have no idea how to make an ad, what my ad should say. All I know is that I want to have the voiceover be a female voiceover with a British accent. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I, so I wrote the script, and then I had to audition uh, voiceover talent. And uh, there were a few voices that we liked, but I didn't like the read. Because when I write the script for an ad... I have to hear it in my head. So I actually had to record myself imitating a female British accent <laughs> so the talent, the actual talent that did the ad would know how I wanted to hear it. Please say you destroyed the recording that you did. I actually did. Oh, thank you. I was asked to post it in the forums, and I was actually going to do it, and I went to look for it, and, oh, it was, no. and it was no longer in existence, which is probably a good thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And another one like that was uh, one of the newer ads from uh, Sutliff Tobacco. Uh, I was talking to Paul Creasy, and he had an idea for the concept. He they they have this find your perfect blend uh, questionnaire type thing on their website, and once when you go through all the questions, and it tells you what kind of blend you'll like. And for his radio ad, he wanted to tie in with that, and he said, you know, this whole questionnaire thing reminds me of a dating site. So Paul's idea was to have it be like a dating site parody, kind of a tongue in cheek kind of thing. So I actually wrote the script for that as well, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to sell him on this script just if I sent him the text. So I record it myself, and if you know that commercial, it starts out with, you know, poor Mark from Ohio 
who didn't make it to the pipe show. I was looking for him the whole time. Yeah. Right. So it has so it has a male voiceover in the front end, and the back end it follows up with a female voiceover. So I recorded myself doing both the male and the female voiceover. <laughs> oh, please say you deleted that one too. I did delete that one. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, but obviously, so uh, I actually just to help out, to help our sponsors out, and to help grease the wheels here, uh, do some of the writing for the ads and the actual production of the ads. Now we've also used a forum member as the talent for yes, one of our forum members, listeners of the show, uh, Don Wilbanks. He actually works for uh, Clear Channel in radio. And he did a couple of the voiceovers for us. He um, works in real radio. <laughs> yeah, but he did. Uh, we had one for Amadeus Pipes, which I wrote and Don actually voiced and produced. And then the current uh, MeershamStore.com, that's also Don Wilbanks. So there's more talent in this forum groups and in this lovely little hobby of ours than we even know about. And that brings me to, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to, I want to talk to you about what made you want to get into pipe smoking and uh, maybe I'll give you a chance to ask me a question or two and I'm having fun with this because Kevin's usually on the other end with the sensor button and (laughs) I'm over here with it now and he can't reach it so we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutliffTobacco.com. Go to SutliffTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. Godby, the producer of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And you always wanted to say that, huh? You always wanted to bring the show back just once. but I, I don't, And I want to do weather and traffic, too. No, we can't do that. But what we can talk about is you know, what, what, got you into, what got you interested in pipe smoking? What was the beginning of pipe smoking like for you? Okay. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. Um, back in February 98, somebody offered me a cigar, and I thought it was kind of cool and decided to become a cigar smoker. And whenever I get into something, I'd get all the way in. So then I went to the bookstore. This is the old days where you actually had, like, paper books that you held in your hand and read. Ooh. And I bought... Did you have a bookmark, too? I did. Oh. And I bought a book titled uh, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Cigars, written by Tad Gage, who some of you may know. He's been a guest on the show, I think, twice. He's a big collector of Barling, Sheraton's uh, Wealth of Knowledge on Pipes and Tobacco. He writes reviews for Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. Uh, so anyway, he had a, has a book out on cigars, and it's not in the current edition, but in the original edition that I bought, there was also a chapter on pipes, basically saying, hey, if you like cigars, you should try pipes too, and here's some guidelines on how to do that. So then I said, okay, I'll do that too. <laughs> Went to the local tobacconist, uh, bought an, a couple of uh, Aldo Valini pipes, 
some uh, tobaccos. But then I also, you know, so I, so I, I bought that. But then I also went to my local CVS and bought some Dr. Graybos and some wow. <laughs> tobaccos there. Uh, and had probably my experience was probably similar to a lot of people's experience to where I just figured that, you know, pipe smoking is about just burning the crap out of your tongue <laughs> and not really getting any good taste or flavor. I just thought that's what it was. And how long did it take you to, to finally come around and realize what, you know, how to pack a bowl, how to smoke a pipe correctly? It actually took me a long time because back then when I first started, I was more of a uh, regular everyday cigar smoker and just an occasional pipe smoker. And it wasn't until more recently when I started Pipes Magazine in early '09, I went to my first pipe show ever to the Chicago Pipe Show. And I still had some, you know, I had some better tobaccos, but they were still, it was, I had some tin stuff, but it was still, I'm not going to mention any names, but it was aromatic stuff that to me, and if you're an aromatic smoker, you know, good. But for me, there was not a lot of taste and flavor there. And I'm sitting at the show, and a guy had a tin of uh, GLP's Maltese Falcon. And he says, hey, would you like to try this? And I tried it, and I was like, wow, this is really good. And then somebody else had a tin of Frog, Frog Morton. And they said, would you like to try this? And then I just figured out that I really like English tobaccos uh, and that they have great flavor. And, you know, these might not smell really nice to other people around. And, and so you finally, you finally come around to, uh, to some different styles of tobaccos. Do you remember what it was like learning how to pack your pipe correctly the first time? <laughs> yeah. And this is probably a typical story, too. Uh, I packed it, like, really, really tight. <laughs> Really tight, like 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 it was like, like like a contest to see how tight you could pack a pipe. Did you think that the entire tin full fit into the bowl? <laughs> Almost. I was trying. And so then, of course, it makes it really hard to smoke and keep it lit. So then you just puff really, really hard and keep relighting. And then I also thought, for some reason, I don't know why I thought this, I thought that one of the objects of smoking a pipe is to create the biggest clouds of smoke you possibly can. <laughs> Hence, continuing to sear the heck out of your tongue. <laughs> and uh i had i i obviously had some similar experiences like that here were you really were you embarrassed to smoke your pipe in public at the start yes i think that's probably a common thing too yeah because i thought that people just look at me like what a weirdo that guy is yeah so i was like i was a closet pipe smoker but uh there's a uh geez i can't remember the name of the art i think i think i forget there's an article i have out there I published in, I don't know, 09 or 10, where I said, I said, I am no longer a closet pipe smoker. And I was t- trying to tell people, smoke your pipes in public. I bought the uh, first pipe that I bought was at, was at Disney World. I was about 20, 21 years old. And I bought it, put it in a bag. And that was when smoking was allowed anywhere in the park, anywhere you wanted to. But I bought the pipe and I bought the tobacco and put it in the bag and refused to smoke it or anything until we got back to the hotel room <laughs> where nobody else was around. And that pipe and that uh, tobacco ended up staying in that hotel room when we left. Oh, no. Oh, it was painful. It was painful and uh, terrible. Um, talk to me about your first impressions about the first time you went to a pipe show. Um, yeah, and that was, like I said, that was May 09. It's Chicago, Chicago Pipe Show. It was my first time. And I even, in preparation for the show, I ordered uh, some brand new Dunhill pipes from smokingpipes.com. And, you know, I want to show up with some impressive pipes and some tobaccos. And, and I was also, I was reading uh, Rick Newcomb's first book, Pipe Dreams, the first version of Pipe Dreams. And it was halfway through it. And I'm at the show. I was actually amazed at how many people were there. And I'm sitting there 
smoking with somebody and they go, hey, look, there's Rick Newcomb. And I was like, starstruck. I was like, oh my God, okay, stay right here. Don't lose track of him. And I, you know, if you know Pheasant Run Resort, it's huge. I had to, I had to run like miles. <laughs> I had to run like miles to like go get my book so he could sign the copy of it. So, so I, was, I was like starstruck. Now it's a little different when I go to pipe shows. And, and I remember seeing you besides that long day in the hotel room, but you were a little overdressed compared to most people. But then you got a little more casual. I, I think for me, one of the things that really drew me into pipe smoking was once I got into going out to the pipe shows and going to the going to the club meetings and stuff like that was really, honestly, was getting out and getting to meet some of the people in the hobby and hanging out with them. And it kind of, for me, every time I come back from a pipe show, I'm kind of like recharged about pipe smoking and mm-hmm. yeah you know luckily with my job i get to go to six or seven a year so i get plenty of recharges but um, it really is it's for me it was the big moment was really getting into pipe shows and and talking to different people and getting to touch and feel a whole bunch of pipes and seeing them and i guess that's why i kind of get preachy about getting to pipe shows getting out to pipe club meetings and touching and feeling a lot of pipes and seeing pipes and being around all the all the other pipe smokers. Yeah, there's there's no other experience like spending a weekend with a whole bunch of other guys, like maybe hundreds, that are all into pipe smoking. Do you have any specific, any favorite memories of, of pipe shows that stick out in your mind besides well, <laughs> running after Rick Newcomb for his autograph? Well, one of them was, you know, the time where we met that we already talked about. We were locked in that room for 12 hours, but that, that was kind of a, that was a fun therapy cleared that memory <laughs> yeah but it was so that was a fun time but uh aside from that i i do want i i do want to say that you engineered a great introduction for us at the uh, chicago pipe show for our seminar that was kind of memorable to me uh for me some of the other memories is the first time i got i really got used to it seems like at every pipe show there's a guy in a kilt <laughs> And I had to, I kind of had to get used to seeing the guys at the kilt with the kilts and the running joke between me and one of the other guys that says, you know, it's not a pipe show until there's a guy in a kilt or a guy in a funny hat at the show. And sometimes you get the the same person doing it, but that's great. That's their own thing. And, you know, and and I I like, I like getting dressed up and I like playing dress up and I do have some outfits that are a little (laughs) bit out there, but you probably will never see me in a kilt. Please note, Kevin just said he likes playing dress up. I do. Okay. <laughs> All right. So and there's nothing wrong with that. We've we've got a uh, we've got a big mailbag coming up because we've got a bunch of comments that I want to try to get to as many of them as possible. Special piece of music. So I'm going to wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer. No wrong answer. Short answer. Long answer. Whatever you answer is fine. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite pipe? Uh, straight billiard. What's your favorite tobacco? English. What is your favorite drink? Time's up. Next. Uh, oh. I have like 10 of them. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Anything with alcohol. What's your favorite thing to do while smoking your pipe? Uh, usually reading a book or a magazine or a newspaper or listening to playbacks of the radio show. And where's your favorite place to smoke your pipe? Uh, either on my balcony at home or at my local uh, pipe shop, uh, House of Pipes in St. Pete. All right, and since you brought us back from commercial, you want to send us away? Yeah, we'll be back in a moment. And now a word from our sponsors. This 
is Internet Radio. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeerschaumStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeerschaumStore.com, the most trusted Meerschaum store for 50 years. We are back, and your uh, most highly talented host is back in control again. So, uh, Kevin, for music, I thought we'd pull up a little bit of Bob Hope. And uh, Bob, of course, the occasional pipe smoker and paired with Bing Crosby for a lot of movies. So how about a little bit of Bob Hope doing Thanks for the Memories for our first anniversary? memory of sentimental verse nothing in my purse and chuckles when the preacher said for better or for worse how lovely it was thanks for the memory of Schubert serenade little things of jade and traffic jams and anagrams and bills we never paid. How lovely it was. We who could laugh over big things were parted by only a slight thing. I wonder if we did the right thing. Oh, well, that's life, I guess. I love your dress. Do you? It's pretty. Thanks for the memory of faults that you forgave, rainbows on a wave, and stockings in the basin when a fellow needs a shave. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for the memory of tinkling temple bells, alma mater yell. And Cuban rum and towels from the very best hotels. Oh, how lovely it was. Thanks for the memory of cushions on the floor, hashed with Diddy Moore. That pair of gay pajamas that you bought and never wore. <laughs> Say, by the way, whatever became of those pajamas? Huh? Huh? said goodbye with a highball then i got as high as a steeple did you but we were intelligent people no tears no fuss hooray for us strictly entre nous 
darling, how are you? And how are all those little dreams that never did come true? Awfully glad I met you. Cheerio and toodaloo. Thank you. Thank you so much. I don't think I'd really listen to the words of that song, but uh, that sounds like one of your parties. <laughs> it kind of does. That song That song is a little bit naughty. Oh, my God! You've got mail. You bastard! In the mailbag, we got a lot of responses to uh, favorite moments, favorite ideas, favorite uh, pipe show, you know, favorite thoughts about the pipe show over the years. So, Kevin, what did we get? We'll try to get through as many of them as we can yeah. here. We, we got a lot of great stuff. Um, uh, first one, one of my favorites. I'm going to start with my favorite and end with my other favorite jack carlos says uh he fourth of july he was in africa listening to the show and he says i he absolutely loved kevin's pick for music Jimi hendrix star spangled banner guitar solo thank you jack because other people told me they didn't like that jack you're the one and only and kevin really appreciates that uh and uh stephen uh, highland writes in uh that his only complaint about the show is that time goes so quickly when listening to the show. Stephen, that's my complaint about life in general. Uh, and Stephen also says he, he loves the poems and the old commercials, and he hasn't heard an old commercial for a while. I like those too, so maybe we'll have to do an old commercial again soon. And Stephen's from Sweden, so there's another continent that we get e- yes, got emails right. from. Uh, and then we have uh, Craig. Craig Colston writes in uh, that uh, his favorites were Eric Stokeby, Paul Creasy, Lee Von, Von Erk. Uh, Makos Minentos. Marcus um, Minentos. Marcus Minentos. And the, and the Italian guys, Marco uh, from Costello and Giacomo Carlesi. So thank you for listening, Craig. Thanks for writing in on that. Now we have uh, an email from Quincy Worthington, middle name, Danger. Quincy Danger Worthington. I think he might be related to Austin Powers. Not sure. But uh, he, his uh, Quincy's two favorites were Fred Hanna and <clears throat> oh, actually he doesn't he didn't remember who it was. Uh, Quincy writes uh, the one with the doctor who talked about nicotine. That's Fred Hanna, and the guy who owned Sherlock's Haven. That's Marty Pulvers. Marty's uh, Marty's a pisser. Two guys that uh, obviously are not short of opinions and both really good at voicing their opinions too. And Quincy also tells us that uh, uh, he was inspired by uh, our interview with uh, Ole Sylvester and that he actually contacted Ole and he's uh, working on making pipes with him. They've actually, uh, I've seen recently some Facebook pictures of Quincy's work that he did with Ole. Yeah, so maybe we'll have to post those. Uh, Greg Walford writes in that uh, his fa- one of his favorites was the NASCAR rant uh, when Brian <laughs> said to the rude driver, Bite me. And yes, Jimmy Johnson, bite me. And Greg also, uh, his favorite, one of his favorite parts of the show is when Brian says, I am the leading expert on my own opinion, and you're welcome to it. Exactly. Uh, so thank you for that. And uh, we also have uh, Oliver Olson, uh, was inspired by the show to make a special Facebook page. Uh, it's, it seems like it's uh, something about you know tobacco policies and legislation, except... Uh, Oliver, you didn't tell us what your page is, so let us know. And, <laughs> and Oliver's in Australia where they are getting hammered with all kinds of stuff. So. so I'm also getting a ring in my ear. Hang on. I think we've got a phone call here. This is Mike McNeil from McClellan Tobacco wishing a happy first anniversary to the Pipes Magazine radio show. 
There you go. Our first phone call in, and uh, thanks, Mike. And uh, thank you, Ron Bosley, for writing in uh, to let us know that Bill Cosby does, in fact, or did, in fact, smoke a pipe. Uh, and Danny K. Mix my, uh, is one of his favorites. Yeah, the Kramer, Kramer's Pipe and Tobacco Shop in Beverly Hills was actually where I bought my first uh, Stanwell pipe while I was working for Dunhill. And apparently Bill Cosby used to go in there and buy uh, pipe tobacco from them. Uh, great little shop. If you're ever in Beverly Hills, it's still open. And then we have uh, another email from John Seiler. Now, we love all of our listeners. But we love John the most. We do, because John is the only guy that we know 100% for sure has listened to every single show. And he, uh, John writes that, uh, you know, if he were grading us, that we'd have an average of 90. But the two 100% shows were Fred Hanna and the one with the Grecian Briar interview, Amadeus Pipes. Yeah, that was actually that... That interview with the guys from Amadeus, I learned more in that show than I think I did in any show in particular that I can think of because I'd never really thought of all the processes and everything that goes through it and the time and I mean the fact that it's a minimum of three years for a piece of wood to come out of the ground before it becomes a pipe in your hand. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Uh, we have an email from uh, John Klipfer telling us he's a rel- relatively new listener. He loves the show. Thank you for that, Jim. Please keep listening. And now, my favorite one in this mailbag is from Richard Dunbar, uh, (laughs) writing in about his favorite moments. He says, to be honest, there have been so many great segments, but, and sorry for this, the thing that sticks in my mind the most is the SmokingPipes.com advert, which ends with Aaron from the dispatch department saying, I don't just shit pipes, I smoke them. Because I don't just shit pipes. (laughs) And... And apparently, after we've listened to it numerous times, it's ship pipes. Because I don't just ship pipes. But if you listen to it over and over again, here it is. Because I don't just ship pipes. It sounds like it could be a different way of delivering pipes. Hopefully they're not bent pipes. (laughs) Or magnums. We are a classy bunch. Or really gnarly sandblasts. Uh, one of the other comments that we got in that I kept off to the side because I didn't want Kevin to get a big ego off of it is uh, one one listener really enjoyed the you might be a pipe collector if. And what I don't think a lot of people know is that Kevin actually wrote those. This is true. Um, <clears throat> that's another part of uh, the, the work I do that nobody knows about. I actually wrote and produced... Uh, the celebrity voice impersonations like Jack Nicholson, Morgan Freeman, Captain Kirk. We have the the grumpy old man. I'm old and I'm not happy. Everything today is improved and I don't like it. Mr. Subliminal. Mr. Subliminal. I couldn't think of a better way to spend an afternoon than smoking this blend, Root Canal. I would highly recommend Middleton's Cherry Blend. Not to my worst enemy. And then, of course, you know, you might be a... Oh, and by the way, the, the you might be a pipe collector if, you know, based on Jeff Foxworthy's, you might be a redneck. We actually had help on that one from the forum members a long time ago. I posted out there asking for input, so that all came from the community. If you've ever spent more getting ready time choosing which pipe to smoke as opposed to actually getting ready, you might be a pipe collector. And if you plan your annual vacations around pipe shows, you are definitely a pipe collector. And I added a few in there. There's a couple of them that I didn't do because we had to moderate ourselves a little bit. 
Hey, how you doing? A slice the long here. Don't be stupid and tune into some other radio show to tell you about tobacco and smoke this and smoke that. Uh, talk to the Pipes Tobacco Radio Show. What is it called again? Pipes Magazine. Radio. Pipes Magazine Radio Show. That's what I listen to all the time, but I just can't remember it. That's all. And that is my favorite celebrity spot that you did. And in fact, that's your uh, your friend Dave McKay, and you are the one giggling in the background and kind of prompting him. Yeah, actually, that was totally inadvertent. It's kind of funny. Uh, uh, Dave McKay, he's uh, the morning drive time DJ, uh, the uh, Dave and Veronica show on uh, in Tampa Bay, WQYK 99.5, Tampa Bay's country station. Uh, Dave is also, happens to be a friend and neighbor of mine who lives in my building. And I was actually, that was totally impromptu, to the Stallone bit. Uh, we were actually just hanging out. Uh, like on a Friday night, we're in his condo, and we're both a little drunk. And I had some of the bits that we had already produced for the radio show on my phone, and I was playing them back for him. And it was kind of like he got a little envious, like, hey, what about me? I can do that stuff. And, and he, I mean, he's a, he works in real radio. So he just took out his iPhone right then and there and just did that Stallone thing. Um, and then I just sent it to Brian. <laughs> so you know you're getting old when a Friday night at home includes drinking and recording sound bits. But anyway, the uh, the one serious email that I got that I that I keep in the back of my head going way back is uh, is from Daryl, and he was stationed in Afghanistan, and he really looked forward to each episode of the show because it was kind of like him and his buddies, his their one hour where once they could get an internet connection, they could download the show and get some uh, and and get like one hour away from what they were doing over in Afghanistan. So. That's the other, uh, that's the mailbag. Uh, please make sure and keep posting those comments and feedbacks for us on iTunes. That really does help get the show out there. Keep in mind also uh, the Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers, the core show, October 11th, 12th, and 13th. Stop by and see me. I will be missing race weekend here in Charlotte specifically to be up there for that. And the last pipe show of the year is the... West Coast Pipe Show, Palace Station, Las Vegas, Nevada, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I will be terrorizing, uh, I'll be doing the, terrorizing kids at home for Halloween, then coming in in makeup to do the radio show on Halloween night, going back home, cleaning up, and hopping on an early flight out to Vegas. So who knows what will be going on by the time I get out to Vegas for the wonderful West Coast Pipe Show. And finally, if you have any friends that smoke a pipe and they don't know about the radio show, tell, tell a them. friend. <laughs> yeah, tell them. And then hang out on Friday nights and listen to the radio show and record drunk sound bits, and we'll get them on the air for you. So, all right, guess what? Rant time's coming up next. <laughs> There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical. A tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. 
finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutliffTobacco.com. Go to SutliffTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. Take this time to shout out about something, to scream and complain, but no, not this time. Not this time at all. No, we're in a celebration. So bring down this music. Kevin, hit that button over there. All right, bring that up. You got it. There we go. Bring it in slowly. All right, what I want to do is I want to take this time to say thank you to everybody. Thank you to Kevin. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. Thank you to the Pipe community for welcoming us into your into your ears, into your computers, into your hearts for the entire year. Make sure also and say thank you when you're on the PipesMagazine.com forums to Lawrence, Ben, and Jason for the job they do. It is my honor and my privilege to have been a part of this show for the year. I'm looking forward to the next year. Got a whole bunch of great guests coming up and got a bunch more information and a bunch more sharing. And I want to say again that the best part of doing this entire show is being able to share my thoughts, my opinions, friends sharing their thoughts and their opinions on this great hobby that we have. We celebrate every pipe smoker. We celebrate you no matter where you are, no matter what you smoke. As long as you smoke a pipe and you smoke tobacco, you're a friend of mine. You're one of my brothers. And I appreciate you for everything. So with all that being said, I do want to say real quickly, I forgot to mention that I will be at Bennington's in uh, Boca Raton on October 3rd. Yes, it's a Thursday night, so we'll do a pre-recorded show from there. But I look forward to continuing this little Pipes Magazine radio show going for the next year. Yes, a fresh new show every week, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure and tell your friends about it. Thank you for everybody, honestly. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy Can we go get plowed now? This professional broadcast is brought to you by... Hey, wait a second, guys. You invited me to dinner, too.